Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. Welcome to this week's episode. It's content week, but I've got a good one for you this week and possibly even a little controversial. So I know many of you listening are business owners or wanting to look at getting a business. This week's is specifically about an education market in the property industry. But some of the things that get highlighted are things for you to watch for if you go on any other form of education for another business or industry. So as many of you know, I've been in property now since about 2007 and my first property was bought accidentally. It was actually bought um, as a house using a bonus from work because I was working in corporate at the time. And I paid the full deposit I could, got a mortgage, was not planning to take any money out. It was a straightforward, I'm buying it for 110. It's going to cost me 110. I'll get a mortgage. And I didn't know then that you could actually do property for bigger incomes. Anyway, as I said, it was an accidental purchase because I was buying it for somewhere for my mum and dad to live in. What I learned about three years later was I went and um, did some property education. And it opened my eyes to what could be done. And I'm guessing there's similar things for other industries out there. Opened your eyes to what you could do with a business. And maybe that's, you know, training to learn to become a franchise holder. Or you go to some training to look at becoming a network marketer uh, and taking on a specific company's products. So anyway... I not only went through this training and I did the training and I will say that had I not done the training, I wouldn't be where I am today. However, I was somebody that was determined to make it happen. And I spent money after that learning more stuff because one of the first things I discovered when I started working for one of the property educators is they're trying not to teach you a lot. They want to teach you enough to get interested, but not so much that you don't want to buy their higher course. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're there. That company is there to sell you a service. But I wanted to do today's content based around a blog that's out on my property um, site. And it's all the things property educators don't tell you. So what is property education? Well, most of the property educators in the UK work with investors or budding investors, should we say, to make them more efficient. And they do that by giving them some knowledge and providing access to useful property investment tools and resources. Knowledge that you wouldn't necessarily have, um, but these days is obtainable from other places. And there's often some gaps in the knowledge they dispense. And not all of what they share is aimed at smoothing the path to the property investment for the newcomer. So if you're out there listening and you're thinking about getting into property, listen on. So the biggest thing for me when I started actually teaching some of this stuff is some of the stuff that goes on in the background and the things that go on to basically get people to buy a higher course, which, as I said, wouldn't be doing what I was doing without that. But going with your eyes open, that's what today's show is all about opening your eyes so that you go in and make an informed decision. So something that many property educators do is introduce the students to a challenge. And this is a challenge where the student is is asked to approach their credit card provider by phone to either get them to decrease their rate or increase their limit. 
anything basically that alters the facilities available to them as a borrower. Now, don't get me wrong, negotiating with lenders is a really good skill to develop and understanding how to work with the process is really valuable. However, if as part of the learning process, you load your card uses to over 50% of your taxable salary, then that may impact you when it comes to being offered the mortgage you may need to buy your investment property. Interesting. They don't tell you that when they're telling you to phone them up. So why would they do that? Well, it's worth remembering that these are businesses who make their living selling courses. So adding to the resources you have available to pay for those courses makes sense. And that's the little hidden secret. What they don't tell you is that entire game is aimed at getting you to get more money on your credit card or at least when you give them the feedback, they find out how much availability of borrowing you have on your credit card. Now they know who can afford to use their credit cards to pay for the courses. Shocking, isn't it? Could get into real loads of trouble when this goes out. As I said, nothing wrong with understanding how to manage your money. But be warned in the property sector, if you go and spend more than 50% of your taxable salary and have that as a balance on your credit cards, which you may do to actually pay for their course, your brokers may then tell you, "Mm, you're over 50% of your salary, that might rule out this lender and that lender and the other lender. So, how much you are using of your available credit card facility and how much that is compared to your average yearly salary that's taxable does impact what happens next on the lending market. Now, the self-help author Napoleon Hill once said, nobody ever rises above mediocrity who does not learn to use the money of other people. And this is another basic point taught by property educators. Use someone else's money. Don't get me wrong. Again, I use other people's money to buy property. But when you're a novice taking that basic training, you don't understand the impact of this. You see, there's a gap in the information they are sharing. Because unless you have enough funds from other people's money routes to buy a property outright, these days mortgage companies will be unwilling to lend you if you are not staking some of your own money as well, because they do check. So even if you buy an itty bitty buy to let and you've got a deposit of 25% to pay and you're mortgaging the other 75, the broker's going to ask you where the deposit's coming from. And when you say I'm borrowing it off somebody else, the lender's going to go, not lending you, because that's now higher risk. You've borrowed all the money for that property. So it can impact your criteria when going down for the mortgages. So if that happens, that's going to leave you in the position of looking at higher priced finance, such as bridging loans to make up the shortfall so that you can buy the property effectively using a loan that is quite happy and quite aware that you've borrowed the deposit from somebody else. Now, when you factor in some of those other kinds of lending and finance, that could be at higher rates. And so it will reduce effectively your potential profit. Okay, so there you go. That's step two of what property educators don't tell you. Now, another property slogan with property educators is money in, money out or MIMO. The concept of this being is to release some or all of the capital back out at the end of the project. 
It's a strategy for an experienced investor, but also good for a new one because it involves identifying a realistically finished value of the property. So if you're brand new and you get that done up value, as we call it, the end value when you've finished your refurb, if you get that wrong and it's lower than what you think it is, or you get downvalued when you go and refinance, you won't pull all of your money out. Now, the law of this, though, because it's potentially lucrative, makes it an attractive piece of learning within a course. So for the novice person out there looking at getting involved with property, there's a temptation to make low offers on property so that you widen the gap to the finished value. Basic maths, the amount you pay for the property when you buy it, plus the amount you spend on the refurb and your fees, If that is lower than end value and you're selling, you can sell at a higher price. If it's way lower than end value, you might be able to refinance and your mortgage pays back all or most of your money. And that's what we call a money in, money out. However, when you're doing your education, you might believe that money in, money out projects are actually everywhere, all over the place. And they're not. It depends on the market. In fact, money in, money out is not as easy as they make it sound. And a lot of your projects, you'll get some of your money out, but you might be leaving some in. And if you're sat there in a course getting all heightened, yes, I can do this without any money. That's great. But then people get very demoralized when they start to learn that the unrealistic offers for houses are rejected. And if you are doing really stupid, unrealistic offers, that can impact a crucial relationship with an agent, which means that can quickly sour that relationship and lead to them not really wanting to work with you. Now, again, don't get me wrong. There are money in, money out deals there, but they are often on the much bigger property because you've got more money, more bandwidth, if you like, to play with. If you're out there looking at your average two bedroom terraced house and say a vendor's got it on the market for 80,000 and you work out you're going to need to put an offer of 40,000 in to be able to buy it, do it up and get all your money out when you refinance. Well, you're putting an offer that's 50% below market value and every so often that will work, but it's it doesn't work every single time. And that's where I think is the bit that property educators don't tell you. They tell you about this fantastic concept, but don't tell you it does not happen on every project. And if you have got no money at all to actually get you started in your property investing career, and you don't know people who could lend you that money as a private funder, then it will take you a lot of effort and a lot of time to get that first deal and each deal thereafter. Now, the fourth point I want to make is that some property educators will suggest that investing in property can be passive income. (laughs) The truth is, of course, you're going to have admin, you're going to have legwork, you're going to have to go to your viewing area And all of that stuff is what's going to help you be successful. But it's all time consuming work. So it isn't passive. And when you get your portfolio, it's still not passive because you've got to deal with your letting agents, deal with your estate agents, sometimes deal with your tenants, you know, get calls about things being damaged that need repairing, all of that jazz. So it's not passive. However, 
when you get to the stage where you've got sufficient cash flow to pay for somebody else to manage your portfolio for you, then it becomes passive. Because apart from checking with the person that's working for you, you're doing the bit that isn't the legwork. You're not finding the new deals. You're just buying the property, letting somebody else do it up, talking to a broker to refinance it and never talking to a letting agent or a tenant afterwards. So it can become passive. But please, if you're in a job and considering property as your way as a side hustle, so to speak, to get you extra income, then in the early days, it can be time consuming and it will certainly be financially intensive and it needs some money, even if it's not your own. So the best way, the most valuable asset on your journey is obviously work with a property mentor. And the educators will tell you that they've, they've got mentors, they've got all that stuff. And that's great. But don't be hoodwinked. Don't be hoodwinked into thinking they're telling you everything you need to know. And don't be hoodwinked into thinking that the only way you can do property is to pay for their advanced courses because it's not. What I believe you need is a way to get the knowledge, which could be an educator, but get it on your own terms, get the knowledge you need for what you're going to do. But more importantly, not just finding out what to do, but having somebody or something there with you to help you with the how you do it. I hope you've enjoyed that one. Now, as many of you know, I do indeed have a property business and I also have a community for women in property. Which property is the place where women create magic through property? I've helped thousands of people generate the income from property investment that they truly deserve. We have membership packages at levels to suit you. Whether you're looking to be part of a brilliant community of female property professionals, take your knowledge to the next level with access to our weekly online sessions and hours of recorded material, or grow your business with our mastermind days. Get in touch with me and I can help you answer the question, where do you want to be in the next 12 months? On next week's show, I've got an amazing guest, Dawn Willock. She is the founder of Martial Arts Great Britain, but she's not just coming on to talk about her business and things she's learned from doing it. She's actually coming on to have a brilliant conversation around where her life is now going, what's facing her now that she's grown her business, and more importantly, just to put the world to rights. We'll see you next week. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.